Thank you, the Lord. You have led us all through from last year's modern Sunday. And you have brought us into another modern Sunday. Father, we are so grateful. We return our praises to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, the Lord, since morning you have been speaking to us. And Father, King of glory, Lord, even at this time to share your word. Our heart desire and our prayer is that, Lord, you shall still speak to us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Almighty, that you have given us sure word of prophecy, that you have blessed us, that our heart desire has been met. And I pray that, Lord, as you continue with us, help us, Lord, to keep on with your blessing, so that nothing will ever remove it from us in Jesus' name. Have your way, Lord, as your word comes out. May it never come back to you empty in Jesus' name. Father, King of glory, Lord, take over our hearts. Even as you want us, Lord, that the issue of today is matter of the heart. Because there's nothing we can do to live godly lifestyle, to live godly relationship out, unless we allow you to live it for us. I pray that, Lord, you help us. Because our hearts have been deceiving us all these years. I pray that today you will arrest us under your power. So that, Father, King of glory, we shall begin to relate in a way that the Gentiles will see your light in us and they will come to us. Let this be, Lord, this is our desire. And I pray that, Lord, you shall, be, you shall be established even by the end of this today's program and service. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We thank God that we are still alive to see this year's modern Sunday. And I pray that the Lord will continue to keep us, even as we serve him, and live as mothers to fulfill the purpose for which God brought us into this world in Jesus' name. The topic we are treating today is still in line because, in a way, is still crying for revival. Our heart cry this year has been, Revive thy work, O Lord. Revive thy people, O Lord. And my prayer is that the Lord will help us. In the drama, in fact, it was as if the drama people captured and summarized what I'm going to speak. I may not really take it straight, maybe the way I had planned, or maybe the way I had been seeing it. Where we read in 1 Timothy chapter 5, from 1 to 16, if you look at that particular chapter, the caption in my own is treatment of church members. And in verse 1 and 2, it outlined the relationship that should be between the elderly ones, elderly men in the church, and the younger ones. Elderly women and the younger ones. The widows, the less privileged, and the rest of them. As I was about to prepare this message, God took my mind to a particular verse of the scripture and said, my daughter, if you people are able to catch this particular verse of the scripture, then the godly relationship we are talking about is already made. Romans chapter 11, 
verse 16, but it's actually 16b. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump will be holy, but if the root is holy, the branches that are also holy. So what struck me and what came straight to my mind, God says, my daughter, for you people to achieve godly relationship in the church between all the segments mentioned in verses 1 and 2 and then from 3 down God uh, Timothy spoke at length or the apostles spoke at length concerning the widows he says that for you to achieve this godly relationship that if the root is holy so are the branches the life of a tree is dependent on the root. If any tree will bear good fruit, then the root must be healthy to get nourishment and nutrients from the ground so that the branches will eventually produce good fruit. And God says that this root is likened to human hearts, to our hearts. He said that there's nothing we can do to achieve godly relationship unless if the heart is holy. That if the heart is not holy, there is no way you will achieve this eh, godly relationship. As we watch from the drama, you can see the kind of hearts they exhibited. Complaints everywhere backbiting everywhere, slandering everywhere, you know, all submissiveness, you can talk about them. And God says that this topic for today, and for me to revive this church, because he's talking about the church, treatment of church members, he says that the heart must be holy. Because the heart is the manufacturer the heart is the producer of either godly relationship or ungodly relationship. Because if we have godly relationship, it means also that we have an ungodly relationship. And I want us to know that this heart, right from birth, we came into this world with Adamic nature. And as long as that Adamic nature controls the heart, every relationship, every character, every nature that you exhibit must be ungodly. And that you don't need to learn this ungodly nature or ungodly way of uh, relating with one another. Because it is inherent in you. Even if you give birth to a small child now, that child came into this world with that Adamic nature, with that ungodly nature. And that's why you can easily behave anyhow. Because of the nature in charge of your heart. And God began to speak to me. He says, my daughter, that if a tree is producing its kind, it will naturally, effortlessly produce it. But when you force a tree, or a tree will just begin to say what? I am orange tree, but I can also produce a mango fruit. You will see that that orange tree will begin to struggle. 
The orange tree will not produce that mango tree easily. You struggle. And he said, as long as this heart is still controlled by the old man, by the old nature, by that particular Adamic nature we came into this world with, he said that all the relationship, all the character, all our behavior must be in tandem, in line with the man who is in control. But if you must produce this godly nature, if you must produce this godly fruit, if you must produce this godly relationship, then that this heart needs to be touched and changed. That there's no way in this Adamic nature, you didn't learn it, you came into the world with, so it was natural with you to live in an ungodly way. But now God is urging us, and our cry for this year is for God to revive us. He says that you must get the nature that looks like me. You must get this godly nature. You are not born with it. It's only when you get this godly nature, then you will be able to relate with people, whether the elderly ones, whether the younger ones, whether with the widows, whether with any member of the church in a godly way. And because of this, he says, my daughter, my son, give me your heart. My son, my daughter, that's God's cry for us today. That's God pleading with us. Because you cannot live this. It's only God that can live his kind of nature. It's only God that can produce this kind of godly fruit. Because it's a fruit. It's a fruit because if you are relating with people, you are producing fruit, you know, is the way is the way the heart is that you relate. And as a result, you can never live above your heart. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot just suddenly manufacture godly nature or godly fruit or godly relationship. It is not a part of your lifestyle. You came into this world with that ungodly nature. And because of it, God is saying, He's saying, my daughter, tell my people that the only thing I need for this relationship to go on or to exist or to come to be in the church, in the home, in the marketplace, wherever you go to, is just for you to hand over your heart to me. Because when this heart is handed over to God, it's only God that has the cure, the medicine that cures the heart. God says you should hand this heart over to me. Because of what? You may be asking, why is he asking for my heart? After all, he created it. He created it, but along the line, something happened. And he is no longer in charge. The devil took over. And God, being a gentle God, he doesn't struggle. That's why in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, knocking. If you open this heart, I will come in, I will stop with you. So God is a gentle God. He has given us choice. He has given us, you know, the power to choose. Either to remain in our Adamic nature, the negative nature, the ungodly nature we came into this world with, or then you willingly hand over this heart to him. He can never struggle with you. Because why he's asking for this heart is because Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, says that the heart is deceitful 
and desperately wicked that nobody can know the hearts. That's why in the church, I will see you. I will be smiling, sister, God bless you. But in my heart, oh my God, the kind of feeling, the kind of heart, or the way I will be, if I have something, I can even kill you. Look at the people coming for revival fellowship. And all of them, they had this bitterness, hatred. And look at the one that went to wedding and then stole so many things. And look at her. Came out and started there blessing God for having blessed her and provided food for them. Who told you? And that is why we are in the church. Nothing is moving. God said, that's why my hand is not moving. That's why my power is not seen. Because I can never release my power or my anointing on the flesh. And the flesh, the Bible is saying, is the heart of man. God said that this heart is desperately wicked. Whenever I read that Jeremiah 17, I will begin to say, God, please help me. Help me because this my heart, this heart can deceive you. This heart is so devilish. This heart is so crafty. It can, that is, it can do, that is what, it can do any unimaginable thing. Even when you say you are born again, at times assess your thought process. Assess the way you think. Assess the things, you know, when you are angry. The way you must have, you know, your mind must have gone. Until when the Holy Spirit, you know, parts in on you, you realize that safe. You say, eh? So this tendency is still here. So God knows all this. He knows that this heart is devilish. And when something is desperate, oh my God, that thing can do anything. If anything is desperate, if anybody is desperate, you can do anything. When you finish, you say, yeah, The end justifies the, the means. Even Jesus was so afraid of this heart that he says in John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, he says, I will not entrust myself to you. I will not. Can you imagine Jesus? I will not, this my heart, I will not entrust it to you. I know what is in your heart. You do not have the love of the Father in your heart. So Jesus, in as much as he was moving around, but he did not. Because he knew man. He knew what was in mind. He knew. He knew their wickedness. And that's why God is telling us this morning. Because I had wanted to say you should love, you should be patient. He said no. That the issue, that this topic is all about the matter of the heart. If God, if we can hand over our hearts to this God, he says I will do something. Can we go to Ezekiel? Somebody should be fast. Somebody should go to Ezekiel chapter 36. 26 and 27. Another person should go to Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34. Can somebody read or do I go on? 36. 26. Mm-hmm. And ye shall keep my commandment, my judgments, and do them. Praise the Lord. So you can see that God is telling us, my daughters, my sons, give me your hearts. It's only when you give God this heart 
Then this Ezekiel chapter 36, he will change this heart. He said, I will sprinkle clean water. I will cleanse you from all your sins, from all your unrighteousness. I will remove your heart of stone that makes it impossible for you to live this kind of godly lifestyle. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a tender heart. A heart that is tender, that submits to the will of God. A heart that is ready to, you know, to move at the bidding of the Lord. Anywhere God asks you to move, you move. He says, I will sprinkle clean water. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said this one in Old Testament. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, he reiterated it. He said, when a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So whenever we hand this heart over to God, as he's asking us to hand over this heart, that once we hand over this heart, revival will come. And then relationship will flow in a godly way. God alone has cure for this heart. This heart can even deceive you, even the owner. Because at times you may not even understand what you are doing until when you, you know, the devil will just close your eyes until you finish. So he said, give it to me. And when you hand over this, I say, I will cleanse you. I will clean you up. I will give you a new heart. I will transform your life. I will pattern your life according to my own nature. As I said earlier, it's only God that can live his kind of life. You cannot live it because it is not, you know, it is not in your power to live it. The way a tree cannot produce another fruit or the fruit of another tree easily, that's how you cannot produce this nature unless you hand over this heart. So you can see that the request is simple. It's just for us to make up our mind, to decide to hand over this heart. And when we hand over this heart to God, what will happen? Can somebody read Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34? 31, 33 and 34. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And will be their God, and they shall be my people. 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. And I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Praise the Lord. So you can see that when we willingly hand over this heart to God, He said that He will clean us. He will change our hearts. Because, because we came with that Adamic nature. That Adamic nature is, is so hard, so rebellious. It doesn't want to listen to God. It, anything God, He doesn't want it. He says, I will transform you and change you and give you a new heart. And He says that when this new heart comes, I will put my spirit upon you. I will put my spirit within, inside you. It's no longer upon. Because from where she read nine in Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34, if you read from 31 down, he says that this new covenant I'm entering with you, 
this new heart I have given to you and put my spirit in you. It's a new covenant because the old one, you know, is changed with the new one. It says that this new covenant I'm entering with you, this new heart I have given, you know, to you. I don't need to be walking always, you know, holding you by the hands the way he did with the Israelites when they were coming out of eh, Egypt. Telling you, you know, releasing all the laws. In Leviticus, you will see all the man, you know, all manner of laws that Moses and Aaron gave to the, you know, to the Israelites. But you can see that they could not do it because it is not from within. They could not do it. It's when they are reminded they will do, the next one they will fail. But this place is telling us that if we hand our lives over to him, our hearts that is the manufacturer and producer of the lifestyle of anybody. He says, I will change it. And I will put my spirit in your heart. And I will write my laws within your heart. He says, when I write these laws within your heart, he says that no man, nobody should teach his neighbor, know the Lord. That everybody will know me from the least to the greatest. Praise the Lord. So this new law, God wants things to be easy for us. But at times we do not want it because flesh is still ruling our life. If we can hand over our heart to him and God changes us and gives us this new heart, he says he will put his spirit in us. It's no longer coming upon them. The spirit of the Lord will indwell you. Praise the Lord. In those days, the spirit will come upon them. They will act. But man, once this new heart is given to you, the spirit of the Lord will be deposited in you. And that spirit of the Lord teaches you how to live. That spirit of the Lord directs your actions. That spirit of the Lord lives out this godly life through you. That's why Titus 2, 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness. It's only a new heart, because it's the grace that brought this salvation. It's grace that brought this new heart. And when the power of God, the Spirit of the Lord, indwells this heart, then this heart will begin to produce a godly character. This heart will begin to produce nature that is in tandem with that of the owner. So if you are still in your old way of living, and you think that today we shall come here and say, in the relationship in the church, you should love one another. You should be patient with one another. It is not possible, my brethren. That's why God left everything and said, my daughter, let us look at ourselves. Let us look into our hearts. Have we really handed this heart over to God? There is no way, because if this law is already written, if this new, new covenant has taken place in your life, by the transformation of your stony heart, and you receive a new heart, a heart of flesh, a tender heart. You don't need to teach a man, because there is a verse 8 where we read, in this First uh, Timothy chapter 5, in verse 8, this is where women, every time, the first sister who was coming said that the husband, the father, he doesn't contribute to the family. She does everything, even school run. You know? So you don't need to teach a man to love his wife. You don't need to teach a man to love the children. You don't need to teach a man 
to take care of the members of the family. No, you don't need to teach it. Because he said, a new law I will put in your spirit. You don't need to teach any man, his neighbor, know the Lord. No, you don't need anybody to teach you. You don't need anybody to tell you to love your neighbor. You don't need anybody to tell the elderly ones to take care of eh, the younger ones. You don't need to tell the younger ones if this law has been written in the tablets of your heart. You don't need to tell the younger ones to honor, respect, obey the elderly ones. You don't need in the church to tell members of the church to look out for the less privileged in the church. To look out for the widows and help them in their loneliness. Many of us, when they want you to hear them out, as you are hearing them out, you want to take advantage of them. Because you feel that they have a need. You don't need anybody to tell you to comport yourself in honor and their integrity. Even as you are relating, you know, with them. Because that's why in the church we lack. We have so much need in the, in the, you know, in the church. And we do not know because this heart has not been transformed. This heart, a new heart has not been received. That's why we live anyhow. If this heart and this law had been written in our hearts, we don't need to tell anybody, I have a need. The Spirit of the Lord, who is God himself, will always show you who is in need in the church. In the home, the Spirit of the Lord, you don't need anybody to tell you, today is our modern Sunday, to tell you the woman to submit. In the drama, the woman said, don't let you know, you know the husband here yeah, knows, you say, submit, submit, submit. If this new heart has been given, you don't need anybody to tell you to submit. You will submit willingly because it is the nature of the God whom you serve. Submit willingly. Allow the man and the God. What you know and his God, what I tell myself is always, God, grant me the grace to do what you want me to do. To submit. Even if it looks eh, foolish, I want to submit so that you'll fight my battles. But when you begin to take up the battle, you cannot fight it. You cannot. You cannot, my sisters. So many things we do in the home. So many battles, unneedful and useless battles we fight. If this new heart has been received, if you have this new heart, and these laws have been written in your heart, you will release and discard your life to the Holy Spirit. And say, Holy Spirit, take over. Live this life for me. You will see that the battles we fight and the challenges in our homes will be over. In the church, it will be over. All the backbitings in the church, all the murmurings, all the complainings, is because this new heart has not come. If it comes, you will know that backbiting is a sin. If it comes, a young boy, you do not know anybody, need anybody to tell you. That you should not, uh, you know, do anything with the opposite sex. So the complaining, the murmuring, the backbiting, the slandering is because of the heart. It's because the heart has not been transformed. And as long as we continue in this, there's no way the revival will come. So God is still calling us, you know, to hand over this heart to him. I don't know the kind of heart you have. I don't know if you'll be willing today. This message, I don't want you to be long. Because once I finish what God gave me, because I am constrained to, do, to, to say it exactly, I just, you know, get down. My prayer is that God will help us. Will help us to examine our lives. Because many of us, we just live our lives, we don't examine, am I really with this God? 
It's not a matter of being born again. If you ask everybody in this church now, everybody will say, I'm born again. But why is it that our relationship has not been what it should be? Why is it that we are not relating in a godly way? It's because of the heart. Maybe you say you have received Jesus, but are you really abiding? Because it's not a matter of, it's not a one-off event. Even when you receive him, he transforms you and puts his spirit. Do you really abide in him? So that the spirit will continue to live out his kind of life. Or is it just that today, the spirit, you know, is there. Maybe with your kind of lifestyle as mothers, maybe one day, like, you know, your husband will come with just any slightest thing, you will just speak, you will shout, you will talk and talk, and the Holy Spirit, being a gentle spirit, will just move outside. And you think that you are still with him. You don't know that he has gone. So it's not a matter of ending with I have received. Thank God. Even when that new heart is given, God is telling us, even when we have received it, we should abide continually. John 15, verses 4 and 5. He says, abide in me. Let my word abide in you. It's only by my word, by you abiding in me and my word abiding in you, that can bear fruit. There's no way you can bear fruit of righteousness. There's no way you can be a light to the Gentiles. There's no way. Bible says that we are the light of the world. A city, you know, set on a hill can never be hidden. And once you say you are a child of God, people will be watching to see the kind of fruit, to see the kind of relationship that you'll be producing. But the question is, I am born again, are you abiding? Do you daily, continually allow yourself to stay under the power of God? Do you allow the word of God to continually wash you so that each day this godly relationship will continue to flow? Love, tenderness, joy, peace, unity, forbearance, patience. Do you really allow this fruit? Because what God is calling us today is to come to the level that we continually bear the fruit of the Spirit. And I want us to know that if we do, oh, people around, they will come. People will flock to God. You don't need to plead with them, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Mm -mm. You must be before you can draw, uh, draw people. It's when you become, then people can look at you and say, this person is different. People flocking to God and coming to church. Because so many people will come to church, nobody will even notice that they have come. Maybe they will come with their burden, they go back again with their burden. But if we come to this level, you see that people around will hear the manner of relationship we have in the church and everybody will begin to flock here. That's why in Micah, if you read Micah chapter 4, from 1 down, he said that in the last days, that the mountain of the Lord shall stand upon the mountains and the nations shall flock to it. People shall flock to the church because they have seen the kind of character, the kind of fruit we produce. They will come. And when they come, we harvest them. So it's not only until we go out for evangelism. Even in the church here, the way we relate can begin to attract our neighbors. It will begin to draw them because wherever you see light, light is always attractive. And light will always draw something towards you. Can we really begin to assess in ourselves and look into in our lives? 
have I really received this heart? And if I have received this new heart, am I really abiding? So that continually, I will continue because if the root is producing, you know, getting the nutrient from the soil, and suddenly, the branch that produces the fruit will suddenly say, I don't need you. And then cuts off. Then the nutrients from the roots will no longer, you know, reach the branch. And definitely the branch will wither and fall off. No more fruits. So it's likely you are born again. But the point is, are you shining? Is your light shining or is it dim? In him was life and the life was the light of men. John 1.4 If the light is in you, oh, the light must shine out. And if the light is shining, people sitting in darkness, people living in darkness, a great light shall come to them and they will flock to God. Are you abiding? It's only by abiding that God will continually live out his kind of nature through you. It's not a one-off event. Paul says, brethren, I die daily. I pummel this body so that each day I die. Brethren, even when the new heart is received, every day you must die. You must die to something or else the enemy will just make a mismate of you. Many of us, the seed has been sown. But because we are not abiding, so that we continue to draw the nutrient that will help to nourish us, to continue to live eh, godly, the weeds and tears have overgrown the seed. And the seed is no longer viable. And that's why you are a child of God, nothing is happening. So this is the call of God upon our lives this morning. We are still talking about revival. If we can come to God with an open heart, this ancient word will impact in our lives. This ancient word will transform our lives. This ancient word will open us to see where we are not living up to expectation. And we come into genuine repentance. We saw in the book of Jonah, the story of the people of Nineveh. When they heard the word that they will be destroyed in three days, immediately the Bible says, all of them, they genuinely repented. They gave their lives to Christ, you know. They repented. They gave their lives to Christ. And God turned away from his wrath. And he did not destroy them again. Are you here really? Have you genuinely given your life to Christ? Have you repented? Or if you have repented, are you really allowing God, the Spirit of God, to live out this kind of life that will help you to relate in a godly way? Or are you still living the life? Many of us, we are born again. But we are still controlling our lives. We are still in charge of our lives. No. At that level, you cannot produce this fruit. You cannot produce this kind of uh, relationship. Your life will always be, you know, scattered. No peace. Wherever you come to some people in the church, once they come into any church, they will scatter the church. They will tell stories. They will, you know, knock people's heads. Every day, one thing after the other. But God is calling us that we should repent. We should commit our hearts to him so that he will change this heart. I don't know the habit you have been indulging in. It's only when you commit this heart to God and allow him to transform you and allow him to change and allow him to live this life. Stop controlling your life, women. 
That's why we have the problems in our homes. Stop controlling your life. I'm not saying that our husbands are angels of God. The way you allow God to act for you, to live the life for you, God will continue to fight your battles for you. Praise the Lord. And my prayer today is that God will help us. Stop controlling your life. I'm born again, I'm born again. Who is in charge? Who is in charge? That's the question I want to leave us with. Who is in charge of this life? I've committed it, but who is in charge? Many of us, we are born again. We are not saying that we are, we are not bits. Are you born? Have you submitted? So that you continue to receive this instruction. That nobody will come to tell you, sister, do this. Sister, don't, don't, don't behave uh, this way. And then Amabel, in the drama, look at that one. What concerns her with the neighbor's uh, children opening the door, you know, wide? I don't see, you know, understand. When they opened the door, why didn't you go and say, my children, please? But what is the essence of talking about this newscaster and the negative one? Instead of carrying the gospel to people in your yard, to people in your home, to people around you, it's just gossip. I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Somebody may be here and you are asking, I have said it in already. How can I get this heart? Getting this heart is just realize that you are a sinner. And once you realize that you are a sinner, you ask God to forgive you. And once you ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. Because he's always ready, you know, to receive us. He will cleanse you. He will transform your heart. He will remove that negative strong heart from you. And then he will put his spirit in you. It's very simple. Once you confess, and then he will come in. So I don't know if you are here. You have not even given your life to Christ. There is no way this lifestyle, this godly relationship will be yours. Unless you first do the first thing first. By handing your life over to God today. I don't want you to keep procrastinating it. Each day you hear the word of God. The word of God is hitting you and touching you. And saying come out and receive Jesus. You will say tomorrow. I want to tell you that tomorrow is not in your hands. Due to, you know, tomorrow may be too late. Are you here? You have not given your life to Christ. Please, this is time for you. You can come out here so that our daddy will pray for you. Don't ever allow the devil to deceive you and say, why are you coming? So many people will, will, will see you. Let them see you. It's a testimony to the devil that I have made up my mind. I have determined to follow this God. And he will really know that, has, you, know, that you have determined. So you can come out here so that you should be prayed for. But are you even here, you are born again. But you know that your light is not eh, shining. You know that you have so many barriers standing before you. From what we learned last weekend and last Sunday, I don't know which barrier. Is it barrier of eh, emotion? Is it emotional barrier? Is it intellectual barrier? Is it volitional barrier? It might be any of these. I want you also to stand on your seat. So that God will help us. As God dismantles all these barriers, we shall be able to shine forth. We shall be able, Lord, to be a light, even in the church. We can begin to relate the way we should be able to relate. So that, we you know, the love will be so much that people around, they will come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the essence of all that we are doing is for us to reach others. The way you have not been reached, there is no way you will reach others. I don't know if there are things blocking you. If there are barriers keeping you from shining as light. Living your life the way you should live. 
I want you to also stand on your seat and ask God to help you. I don't know the kind of heart you have. Do you still have a stony heart that God will be knocking, you will close up? And that's why in our homes, especially we mothers, there's no way we can cope with the challenges we have in our homes, with our husbands, with our children, without God. We cannot cope. So we need Him. We need Him every moment so that He will live out this life for us and He will fight our battles for us. Praise the Lord. So if you want to give your life to Christ, this is time for you to come out for daddy to pray for you. But if you are here, you fathers, I want to, you know, I face the women, you fathers, you are here. God also urges you to do what you should do. God says you should love your wives. Don't allow the women to take up your position. The only thing you will be talking about is submission, submission, submission. Let me tell you that submission is not a problem for the women. Women, is it true? It's not a problem for us. When you love us, when you take care of us, you take care of the family. These women, I know them. They will submit. I'm not saying that submission is dependent on your husband treating you well. No. That's a mandate, a commandment from God. But for our husbands, please, do your own. Love us the way you should. Provide for the family. I'm not saying that a woman who is working should not help the husband. But don't just leave the work to us. Bible knows that you are the head. That's why it seems that women are dying now more than men. Because so much burden is placed on them. More than they can carry. So God is really, you know, asking us, please, show love. Be patient with us. Even when we are not doing so well. Be patient with us. You know, you are the gardener pruning us, removing the, you know, the negative aspects from us. Your duty is to prune us and make us better than when you married us. If you marry your wife, God gave you that woman to prune her, you know, to really help her to become what God wants her to be. We have not become, but with your help, loving us, taking care of us, and then we shall be following us. I am happy to be a follower. For women who are struggling from, for, for Beijing, I, I don't join that. I love to be a woman. And I love being under my husband. But as I'm saying, the women will submit more when you show them love. But when you don't love them, that every aspect from morning to night, you cause tension in the home. You frustrate them. Every move to develop themselves to be what God wants them to be, you will not allow them. So God is really also telling you, love your wife and your children. Take care of them. Let the family issues be the uppermost in your heart. Not being selfish. If you have one uh, thousand, nothing will be in the house. You just go outside and squander it on your own. You come back and the woman will be breaking her head and her brain. How the family will go. And then the younger ones, God is telling us that if you have handed this heart over to him and has changed it, there's no way somebody will be telling you that you should not eh, be messing up with the opposite sex. Be it a young girl or a young lady. Once the heart is handed over, God himself will keep you. Nobody is saying that at young age, maybe you don't feel, you know, coming close to opposite sex or having sex. You can feel 
But the issue is that the spirit of grace, the spirit of holiness in your life will keep you away, will help you to know that it is not yet time, that there is self-control among the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. In conclusion, I want us to know, a tree cannot bear another fruit easily. You cannot produce this godly lifestyle on your own strength. Let us pray. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart will produce good fruits, good speech, bad speech, evil actions, noble actions. Can you tell the Lord, speak as a person. Lord, I'm handing over the control of my heart sincerely to you. Galatians 5, 15, 16, 17, 18 says, You are never entirely free on your own. There are always two forces at work in you at each time, child of God. That of the flesh to do according as you will desire after the nature of flesh. And that of the spirit of God. And you are never free at any time from either of their pool. To whom you yield your heart, so also will the control be. Can you now willingly, father, mother, son, daughter, say to God, I yield my heart to you. I yield my life to you. Spirit of God, I surrender afresh to you. Rule my heart. Rule my thoughts. Fill in the spaces. Let your word so richly dwell in my heart. In all wisdom. That when I open my mouth, I will have the raw materials. I will minister grace. I will minister sound. I will minister edification to the hearer. Far words will not flow. That out of the abundance of the reserve of the things in my heart, I will act. And I will act according to the leading of the Spirit. Can you make a declaration? Can you make a resolution? Can you make a commitment unto God? In the name of Jesus we pray.